Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Spirit of grace, we recognize you as the teacher, and we are your students. We are here today to learn, so we declare that we have ears to hear and hearts that are receptive, that your words are words of life, and your words create wellness. And so we receive with grateful hearts your word. And where your word encounters our selfishness, we will change. Where your word encounters uh, uh, natural behaviors and tendencies, we will change. We will conform to your word, for your word is life, and your word accomplishes what you sent it out to do. So we declare in Jesus' name, it accomplishes a great deal today in our hearts. Amen and amen. The title of this morning's message is Signs and Symptoms. And we're going to jump right into the deep waters of the book of Colossians. Um, Colossians is absolutely an amazing book. And in the book of Colossians, Paul was revealing the preeminence of Christ. That Christ is it, man. He is not mediocre. He is the head. He's over all things, and all things exist by him, and he is first and foremost. And Paul is saying that our lives as Christians ought to reflect that priority, that Christ is it. He's first in all things, in power and authority and goodness and love. He is it. And so in the book, you find that Paul said things like this, because believers are rooted in him, alive in him, hidden in him, and complete in him. And it, it is really a sad thing when a Christian lives as if they are only partially in Christ. You follow what I'm saying? It's an inconsistency that we need to resolve because we are clothed in his love with his peace ruling in our hearts and, and we are equipped to be overcomers. Can you say Amen. There are two main words that I want you to remember, I hope you remember after today's message, and that is deliverance and remission. Deliverance and remission. And we're going to start in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. You ready? I'm going to try to outdo Sharita. She set the bar awfully high, though. For he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the remission of sins. Now, these are two verses, i got to say, we ought to know these two verses like we know our first name. They're that important. And I want to show you how important that these two verses, remember two weeks ago we talked about love's reality. That love needs to become the reality of our mindset. That we understand that in the kingdom of God, it's not about laws and rules and regulations. It's not about style. Am I, am I going in and out? Can I have another mic, please? I'll get it right here. Let me shut this one off. So as I was saying, these are the two verses that we ought to know better than we know our own name because they're absolutely important to living a victorious Christian life. 
The word delivered here, I want you to hear this, means to change position and condition. Delivered means to change position and condition. So when Paul said he has delivered us, he has changed our position. Everyone say position. And your condition. And the word power has to do with dominion, rule, or authority. So we have been delivered from the rule, the dominion, the authority of darkness. Everyone say this. Out of, into. See, we need to understand that when God delivers us, it's not a partial deliverance. He doesn't bring us out of darkness into some type of limbo land, neutral land, where we're half in and half out, and we're fighting the old man, and we're trying to be the new man, and we're going back and forth. That is what we do when we've not been properly taught. But when we've been properly taught what the Bible actually says, we understand that we have been delivered out of the authority of darkness, and this is why Paul says, and I'll show you in just a second, he says, sin no longer has any dominion or mastery over you. It no longer has any influence in your life because you've not been partially rescued. You have been completely rescued. Is this okay this morning? You're delivered out of and into. You know, when the Bible says that we are seated, that we have a new place. It doesn't say we're seated midway. Y'all following me? Put up on the screen, if you would, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Listen to this. He raised, raised, not a gonna. He raised us up with Christ. That's past pretense. Everyone say, already done. See, listen, a lot of saints are fighting battles to gain victories in places that it's already been won. And it's a matter of receiving, not achieving. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Say delivered. Man, I'm telling you what, if you'll, if you'll let these words resonate and cement themselves into your soul, the next time you face an opponent, you're going to face them from a new position and a new condition. You don't need to try to defeat a foe that's already been vanquished. We've been pulled out of the power of darkness, so it no longer has any influence in our lives. Romans chapter 6, verse 14, the apostle said this, Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law, Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Mm. But this must be believed. See, we've got to know that we are in the kingdom. Everyone say kingdom. And not just any kingdom. We are in the kingdom where Christ is king. 
And we're not in there as like second-rate citizens, man. We're members of the family. We're members of the royal family in the kingdom where Christ is king and love is the law of the land. But listen, you got to believe it. And it doesn't matter what the preachers say that try to talk down redemption, that try to say you'll have victory someday. Oh, won't we be happy over there, over there? Oh, won't we be happy over there? Why do we put off for there what's already available for us today? I'll tell you why. Because we've allowed limited men who have limited God to limit us with their suppositions, their opinions, and their judgments instead of just going to the Word and seeing what it says and say, I believe what is written. And it's written that we are co-seated, that we're completely delivered. But as I said, you got to believe it because, listen, behavior always follows belief. It doesn't follow reality because it's possible to be really be one thing and behave as if you're something else. It's possible to be completely healthy and behave as though you're chronically sick. Because you believe you're sick even when the doctor says there ain't a thing wrong with you. It's possible to be wealthy and behave as though you were poor. It's Y'all listening to me. It's possible to be blessed with every earthly and heavenly blessing where all of the promises are yes and amen, and yet behave as though God ain't even with you, for you, or in you. Because behavior follows belief. Here's a scenario. Imagine that you're struggling Barely making it. It's an accomplishment if at the end of the month they haven't shut off your utilities. And you get a letter in the mail that says a relative that you never even heard of but had no children found out you're their only living relative and has left you all of their wealth. But in your mind, you think, I've been disappointed before. This sounds like a scam, I know. When I call them, they're going to want my information, and I ain't going to give them no information. This is too good to be true, so I ain't going to call. I ain't going to follow up. Your belief, your behavior has followed your belief, and you believe it to be untrue, so you behave as though it was untrue. But that doesn't change the reality that somewhere in an account is sitting a wealth that is of such magnitude that it would change your life if you simply believed it. So the wealth goes unclaimed, the houses go unkept, and the lands go untilled. They're yours, but they benefit you nothing. Why? Because you simply didn't believe. Do you know how many Christians we come to the Word and we read words that are almost, I like how Andrew Womack says it, too good to be true. We read words like, ye were healed. Already done. Past pretense. But you think, I don't believe that because I got this pain. But the Bible says, but I got pain. But the Bible says, but I got pain. Baby, something better win this argument. The Bible says, but I got pain. 
The Bible says that he'll meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. But you look at your stack of unpaid bills and the Bible says he'll meet the need. And you think that's a really big need. And back and forth you go. Do you know what James says? And I'm chasing a bunch of rabbits. Do you know what James says about the man who wavers and what he believes? He ought to expect to receive nothing from God. Why? Because he hasn't become convinced that if God said it, God meant it, and God will do it because God is not a man that he would ever tell a lie. So when the Bible says that we are completely out from under the influence of sin, when that urge rises up within you, you have the ability to put it down. You have within you the ability to walk away. You have within you the ability not to say that, do that, go there, be that. You have the ability to be holy unto God because God has redeemed you from the power of darkness and into a kingdom of love. Everyone say love. love. Now see, if, when this becomes big in our minds, and it becomes a reality, it changes our condition. Because it'll change the questions we ask when we're up against the wall. You see, I, I'm in a unique position as a pastor. I get to hear what people say. When they say things like, why would God help me? And they rehearse their unworthiness. Why would God bless me? Why would God do this? Why would God do that? That's a, that's a, that is absolute proof that they have no revelation of where they abide and who their king is. Because, see, when you know that you're in a kingdom of love, it changes the questions you ask. Because you no longer ask, why would God? And then you try to come up with some reason to convince him to do it. Uh, I'll pray more, give more, do more, serve more. I will beat my back more. I'll bloody myself more. Somehow i got to prove to, my, prove to God that I'm worthy of some help. But when you know that you've been translated into the kingdom of God's love where his son is king, your questions become this. Are y'all ready for this? Why wouldn't God? Why wouldn't God bless me? He loves me. Why wouldn't God help me? He loves me. Why wouldn't God heal me? He loves me. Why wouldn't God come? See, it changes from why would he to why wouldn't he? How can you convince me God won't come to my aid? He loves me. It's got nothing to do about whether I deserve it or I was perfect the day before or I dressed right or I acted right. It's got to do with I'm the object of his affection and he can't help himself but come to my aid. But we got to believe this stuff, man. So we, you and I must know we are out of and into and into a kingdom of God's love. And then Paul continues and he says this. In whom we have our redemption. Now I want to say something to you about this. Okay. It might sound odd. But hear me out. Because I ain't wrong. Redemption is more than forgiveness. You're more than just forgiven. You're the redeemed of the Lord. That's, that contains forgiveness. But it goes way beyond forgiveness. And the best story I know to share, to illustrate this, how many of you ever heard of this preacher man called Hosea? Hosea was an interesting man. He had a track record of 50 years of pure 
prophetic ministry. 50 years of ministry. And during somewhere in that time, God says, Hosea, I want you to go marry a woman that has, shall we say, sexual issues. A prostitute. Now, to understand this, imagine that there's a church, not this church, another church. And the pastor is a pure man of God. 50 years of ministry without any accusations. And while he's in the prayer closet, his wife is on the street corner. And everyone knows it. Deacons, elders, congregation, community, everyone knows where Hosea married Gomer, pastor married a goober. And this is where Hosea was. He married a woman who could not master her issues. And she left Hosea, sin took her down a dark road. You know, the Bible says that the wages, the final payment of sin is death. It's where it'll take you eventually. And so Gomer, who was also a goober, found herself on an auction block being sold into the sex trade where she would have been used until she was used up and then she would have been a slave in another area of hard labor until she died. And God says to Hosea, I want you to go and marry again that woman. So put up on the screen, if you would, chapter 3, verse 2, because this is what Hosea says. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a half of barley. Now, if he had bought her from the auction block and made her a maid in his house, that would be forgiveness. I didn't lose my track of thought. That would have been forgiveness. You remember the story of the prodigal son whose idea was I'll go home and become a servant in my daddy's house, that's forgiveness. And if that's what he had received, he would have been forgiven. But God is not interested in forgiving you. He's interested in redeeming you, which means to make you as if sin had never tarnished your soul, broken your heart, abused your body, no more signs and no more symptoms of what sin has done in your life. You've heard me say this. You'll never understand redemption if you don't understand creation. Because redemption is to take you right back to where it all began. Full of glory, full of goodness, full of life, as if sin had never, ever existed. So if Hosea had simply bought back his wife and made her a servant in his house, that would have been forgiveness. But let's go to verse 3. And I want to read this to you out of the Amplified because redemption is more. And this is why I'm saying I want you to understand this. I hear Christians say, I'm forgiven. You are, but bro, you are so much more than forgiven. You're the redeemed of the Lord and you ought to. And I said to her, you shall be betrothed to me for many days. You shall not play the harlot, 
and you shall not belong to another man, so will I also be to you until you have proved your loyalty to me, listen to this, and our marital relations may be resumed. Forgiveness makes you a servant. Redemption brings you right back into the bread, the bedchamber. Sunday undie. Redemption brings you right. Listen, doesn't the Bible say come boldly? Where? Not to the outer court, not to the outer ring, but come boldly to the very throne of grace. Come boldly like you belong there. Come boldly like that's your habitat. Come boldly like you're welcome. Come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain help in a time of trouble. Forgiveness brings you to the field. Redemption brings you to the bedchamber, to the place of intimacy. The redeemed of the Lord are right there with God. Everyone say, I am. The redeemed, of the, Lord. the redeemed of the Lord. And you, once again, you remember the story. And the prodigal son, the father was not going to even hear about just being a servant. He put the ring back on his finger. He put sandals back on his shoes. He put a robe back on his back. And he said, this son of mine was dead. But he's back home. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. No more signs and no more symptoms of sin. Mm. I don't know if this is helping you, but I'm blessing myself. The redeemed of the Lord. I already referred to it, but let's read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Out of the Passion Translation. So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned. To receive mercy's kiss. And discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. That's redemption. Then Paul says, we have the remission of our sins. One writer pointed out, and that's where the title came from. When something is in remission, like for instance, when they say a disease is in remission, it means you have no more signs, no more symptoms. No more signs and no more symptoms. The remission of our sins. Listen, how, do, you, do you have any friends who have not changed their lifestyle? And they're doing what you used to do? And you see them, and they look like they have been dragged down the road. I mean, sin will just wear you out. I got a friend up in Michigan that I hadn't seen since high school. And he old. Our birthday's like two days apart. He old. Because sin will make you old. God will renew your youth. How he does it, I don't know. But he'll make your haggardly look beautiful. He'll give you joy for your ashes. He'll give you beauty for your mourning. He'll give you gold for your gory. No more signs. No more symptoms. The remission of our sins. We're going to put a picture up. It's not going to be broadcast, so if you're watching us, you're not going to see this because I don't have permission to put this image up. But I found this is a picture of a lady who sin had done its job on. This was her story, and it was online, so it's got to be true, right? And then put up the next one. This is her 
after she gave her life to Christ. And the way I put the circles, because otherwise you wouldn't, they got the same tattoo on the little part of their neck. Everyone say, no more signs. No more, signs. No more symptoms. No more you see, and it doesn't really matter whether the signs are physical or they're emotional. That broken heart from before Christ, let it heal. You don't need to carry the memory of that anymore. You don't need to carry the shame of that no more. You don't need to carry the weight of that no more. Old things are meant to pass away. Take, them, take that pain out of your trophy chest and throw it away. Let God do for you no more signs, no more symptoms. Speaking of that tattoo, my wife had me listen to a video one time online, and there was a story of a young man who had given his life to Christ, but he had filled his body with satanic tattoos. I mean filled his body. And they weren't just images of roses. and I mean, these were satanic images. And he wanted them gone. Everyone say, no more signs. No more, signs. No more symptoms. I'm telling you, our redemption is so thorough. This young man's testimony was he woke up one morning and every tattoo was gone. Come on now. It's not about tats. It's about tears. It's about broken spirits, broken homes, broken hearts. No more signs. No more symptoms. Because in him we have redemption and remission. Is this okay this morning? I'm trying to bring it to a close. Go with me to the book of Psalms. I want to read a few verses to you. Psalms 103, verse 1 says this. A psalm of David. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives some of my sins. Oh, my bad. He forgives all of my sins and heals no more signs, no more symptoms. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Everyone say, no more signs, 
No more symptoms. There's a young lady who attends this church. She lives a long ways away, but she comes when she can. And once upon a time, she lived under a bridge. Now she lives in a big, fine brick home. No more signs. No more symptoms. Mm. Bring this to a close. God's loyal love is so final that he removes all of the signs and all the symptoms of sin. Damage done to your soul, to your family, to your physical body by sin, the symptoms fade away. Ashes are replaced with glory. Sorrows replaced with joy. Poverty is replaced with prosperity. Darkness replaced with light. Sadness replaced with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So let's say it together as we bring this to a close. No more signs and no more symptoms. So when the enemy comes and he tries to put a sign in your yard that has to do with the old you, what you used to go through, how you used to behave, how you used to talk, about the punishment you ought to go through because of what you've done. Go out there and get it out of your yard and plant a new sign in your yard that says love, joy, and peace. Because of the old man, no more signs, no more symptoms. We are completely made new. Can you stand to your feet this morning? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You know, y'all didn't do that bang one time last week. I told Harold it's the anointing that's going through the mic. It's got to be. I'm just saying. It's my story. I'll stick to it. Go ahead and lift your hands. If we can get our prayer team to come forward, and you need prayer this morning. If you're watching us online, internationally or locally, let these words that have come forth create wellness in your heart. You're more than just forgiven. You're the redeemed of the Lord. You're brought back into a place of holiness, filled with goodness. Nothing broken, nothing missing. This is the work of God, and we rejoice in it. So we simply want to raise our hands in this place and say, Father, we receive your word. They are spirit, and they are life. And we let them infuse themselves to our soul. So we will think differently. We will act differently. And we will embrace the newness of life. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer this morning, please come forward. Otherwise, I expect every one of you to go up to the fellowship hall and sign up so that next week we have 200 volunteers. God bless you. I love you. See you next week.